Jesus, we want to thank you for all the things that we have spoken about you are true. You are the God of the impossible because you are sovereign, because you humbled yourself, because you loved us, and you came and you lived and you died. But death could not hold you, and you rose again and sit at the right hand of the Father. One one day you will come again to judge the living and the dead. And then every knee will bow, every tongue will confess you. Because you are the God of the impossible. There is many, many things that with us, Lord, they are impossible. But with you, they're an opportunity to show your glory. I thank you and we praise you for who you are for all those truths and promises that we've sung about you and reminded ourselves of truly who you are. And we thank you now that we can open your word together. Spirit of God, speak to us as we share together and bring that impossible, make it possible in our lives. Bring your miraculous into our lives today. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's honor Jesus as we just say thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to do something different today. I want all the men to sit on this side, all the women to sit on this side. And all the men and all the women get into groups of three. What I want you to do in your group of three, you might want to like turn the chairs around, split them up, do whatever you like. We'll resurrect the church afterwards, okay? That's cool. Because you need to talk to one another this morning. Awesome. We've been talking about going deeper with God. Before we start that today. I want you to talk to one another. Okay. And I want you to share with one another one of the best things that's happened to you in the last 12 months. Okay. It can be anything you like. But something that's really good that's happened to you in the last 12 months. Anything you like. Okay. Just share it. Don't hog the whole time either, okay? We need to do this quick. So like 30 seconds on something, something great that's happened to you in the last 12 months since, since August last year. Okay, now I want you to share one of the hardest things that you've faced in the last 12 months. Something you found really difficult, really challenging for you, okay? Anything you like. Just something you found really challenging in the last 12 months. Share that too. Sometimes that can be the same thing. Cool. We've been looking together about how we go deeper with God. Where do we have to start if we're going to go deeper with God? What's the starting point? You've been seeing this every week. What is the starting point? Love, wonderful. 
Love must be the motivation. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we don't have love, we're never going to go deeper, okay? Secondly, then we have to remove the barriers that hold us back. There are things that hold us to the surface that stop us going deeper with God. And if we want to go deeper, we have to sometimes remove those things that are holding us back. Because otherwise, we're just pulling against a heavy weight all the time. And we're never going to get anywhere. So we have to remove Hebrews 12.1. Remove, throw off everything that hinders. Those are the things that hold us back. But they're not necessarily wrong. But they get in the way of our relationship and going deeper. And also the sin that entangles us. We need to throw that off. Get rid of it. Next. We have to recognize, as we've been looking at from Second Peter, that God has given us everything we need. So we don't need to ask God for things because he's already given it to us. He already set it aside for you and for me before we were even born. His divine, his dunamis power, the same power that created the universe, the same power that brought everything into being, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same power that Jesus used to perform all those miraculous things has given us everything we need for life. We've just said God, God is the God of the impossible. It's through his dunamis power that he gives us the impossible, that it makes that possible. And through that same power, he's given us, gifted to us. Do you remember when I gave out 10 pounds? You will never forget that. It's the only time a pastor will ever give you money. Right. (laughs) Maybe not. But he gave him, gifted to us, everything we need for life. Everything for John 10.10, that you might have life and have it abundantly. Everything for abundant life has been already gifted to us by God. So it's ours already. So how do we get it? Well, we said we get it through his precious promises. As we claim those promises, as we sing those promises, that's why we worship Scripture like we have done. Why we worship the promises of God. We are proclaiming and claiming those promises today into our lives. That's one of the reasons we sing and we honor God and we remind God of the promises. More than that, we remind ourselves of the promises that God has given to us. But we said that promises by themselves is not enough. It's promises through relationship. And Second Peter says, well, how do we grow that relationship? For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and so on knowledge whoops knowledge is seeing things from God's perspective goodness is our faith worked out it's putting our faith into action it's encouraging one another it's showing uh, lifting one another up that's goodness knowledge is putting it is looking at the world from God's perspective and from knowledge we add Self-control. Self-control. There you go. Self-control is the boundary markers of love. Self-control helps us to do the right thing, but stop us doing the wrong thing. It's like a, a barrier. It's like a channel around us that, that, um, that encourages the positive and it eliminates the negative. That's what self-control does for us. And so from self-control, stops us doing wrong Keeps us doing right. And then from self-control, we add perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to thrive, to flourish during the hard times. 
I asked you, what was the hardest thing about last year, the last 12 months? Perseverance is flourishing in that. It's, it's being, literally, it means being a beautiful plant like that in the midst of a desert. That's where the word comes from. It's about showing the beauty of God and God's touch in our lives during hard times. And to perseverance, we add godliness we looked at last week. It's taking God seriously. It's having the same heart, the attitudes, and the desires as God has. And we said last week, it's to love as God loves. It's to care as God cares. I think the next, next one, Brian. It's to hate what God hates. And it's to do what God does. Okay, next two. Now, in the, in the reading, it says we add to godliness. So these are kind of steps, if you like, that we take in our relationship with God. And to add, we add to godliness brotherly kindness. It says in my Bible, I think on the screen, let's have the next screen, mutual affection. Now, the problem the author had, or the translators have, is that really what it says is we add to godliness love. And we add to love, was it comes last in our list? Love. So it doesn't really make any sense to us. It says add to godliness love and to love love. Doesn't make sense. Now the difficulty is, if we can have the next screen please, oh, and the next one. There are four kinds of biblical love. Do you know what they are? Agape. What's agape? The unconditional love that God shows to us. What other kinds of love are there in the Bible? Eros. Trust a newly married man to say eros. What's that kind of love? That's the love that brought Megan into the world. Let's say no more about that. Right? Eros. What else? Philadelphia, that's the cream cheese kind of love. What's that all about? Huh? We're going to talk about Philadelphia today. What other kind of love is there? Okay, let's look at it. There's Eros, romance. There's Storge, which is kind of family sort of love. You know you love your family because you send them Christmas cards. You might never see them, but, but you say you love your family, most of them, right? That's the kind of, you love them, not because you can choose who they are, but because they are family. You have that bond with them. Philia, or Philadelphia, where that word comes from, is the word that is used here. So it says, add to godliness, Philadelphia, add to Philadelphia agape, which is why they translate it brotherly kindness or mutual affection. But that's what we're going to look at today. And Philadelphia is those deep kind of bonds of friendship. You can have a kind of a love between friends that is so, so deep, can't you? They're going to be there for you. They're going to stand by you. They're going to watch over you. You can sort of, there's some people that, you know, if you don't even talk to them for ages on end, you just pick up where you left off because there's a bond there between you that just is eternal. They're even closer than some of your family are. Because, because of that Philadelphia kind of love. And that is the love that we need to have that it's talking about in Second Peter. The church 
the Bible says, is to be characterized by Philadelphia. We need that same love in the church. Why do you think you're sitting in groups of three today? You see, I could have come up here and I could have just talked about Philadelphia for the next hour. But there's no point doing that, is there? And then we go off and we have coffee and we go, see ya. Philadelphia is about developing bonds, deep bonds of friendship and love within his church. What does it mean? Next screen, please. First, it means in Romans 12, this word is used. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in Philadelphia, in Philia. Honor one another above yourselves. In your groups, I want you to think about, discuss together. What does it mean to be devoted to one another? To honor one another. What does it mean to love as it says we need to in Romans 12? What does it look like? What would it feel like for you in your group to be devoted to one another? To honor one another? Have a chat. Okay. So what do you think it means? What does it mean? What does it mean to be devoted to one another? Looking out for one another's needs. Okay, looking out for one another's needs. Agree or disagree? Agree. Okay, what else? Seeing their needs before you see you out Seeing their needs before you even see your own. That's hard. I see my needs every time I look in the mirror in the morning. But yep, that's true. Having that attitude of looking out. What else? Being trustworthy. Being trustworthy. Yep. Agree? In what sense, trustworthy? So if, if they need anything, you're going to be there for them through the good times as well as the tough times. So being faithful and, and with them all the time. Praying for each other. Means praying for each other. Okay. Agreed? You, you agree with your wife? It's a good policy, mate, I tell you. Yeah? It's like, mm, yeah, okay. Agree we should pray for one another or no? Yeah? All the women agree with you anyway. So, okay, what else? Anything else? 
being patient with one another. Being patient with one another, he says, as he's sitting next to his brother. True? Including each other in each other's lives, making time for each other when you plan things and not just plan your life by yourself and then say, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going there and there. You have to communicate. Communicate. Women always say that to their husbands. Uh, But, yeah, communicating, but also making time for each other. If we're going to be devoted to one another, you have to make time for each other. Not being afraid to say when you've messed up. Correcting one another. Having that honesty and integrity between friends, you know. An honesty and an integrity. Oh, you guys are flowing out. The juices are coming out. Encouraging each other. Encouraging one another. And right down the front, there was one more. See, I'm going to get fit today. Running. No murmuring, so not speaking bad about them, even if. No uh, negativity towards each other. So the Bible says we need to be devoted to one another in love. If we're going to be characterized by cream cheese, we need to, by philia, we need to have all these things that you've said need to be part of who we are as the people of God. Now, are they what we are right now? Let's move on. You can think about that. The next thing, Oh, he's already done it. He's ahead of me, ahead of the game. John 17 says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Having this kind of love that you've just described is one of the best ways to evangelize. When you find a group of believers that are devoted to one another, it has an impact that draws other people into them. It is the best witnessing tool there is. That is why the Bible constantly calls us to this, to this love. That's why Jesus says the church needs to be characterized by this kind of love. Because, he says, if you have this kind of love, then the world will know about Jesus Christ. People are just drawn to genuine love. Because our world is so devoid of it. It is the best witnessing tool. We can go and develop witnessing techniques, evangelistic techniques, all you want. But ultimately, it is love that draws people to Jesus Christ because it's love that drew us to him. And we need to show that together. The question, next, next screen, Brian, please. 
is this. How would Trinity look or feel different, both from the inside, from our perspective, and also from people that aren't yet here, if there was more of everything you just described here in the church? Discuss. You understand the question? So how, how would it be different for us inside and for those outside the church looking at us? Maybe they come to Saturday morning coffee or they come to a different group, but they're not part of the worshiping community. How would it look different? How would it feel different for them and for us if we were to do everything that you just described? And demonstrate that Philadelphia kind of love in this church. Okay. Feedback time. What do you think? This group finished first. So we were um, saying that uh, if we go to the park, like every almost every Sunday, the 130 service guys go to the park to play football. And we were saying, we can go to the park and play football and go home. Or we can go play football, uh, show respect to each other, don't cut the other's legs when we're playing like a carnicero, uh, don't swear at each other, don't show hate, but rather love the other guy. Uh, you know, change the atmosphere. Especially if we are playing with other guys that are not part of the church, necessarily. And at the end of the game, we can actually sit down and preach to everyone about God. That will make the difference. But especially if they, speaking about the guys out, out, out of the church, see that we love each other. Uh, that will make the real difference. And uh, we used to do that in, in my country. And every time, 100%, somebody will get saved. Uh, we can go out to the center and uh, downtown and give layouts or flyers and come back. Nothing will happen. Or we can go do the same and actually show love to the guy, to people and say, hey, do you need money? Do you need food? Do you need prayer? Can I hug you? Uh, I feel you are lonely or you are going through struggle. Can I pray for you? And that will really make the difference. Thank you. It will also make a difference actually going to people and not wait for them to come to us because that's what we're instructed to do, not to sit and wait because they will be sent. Yes, sometimes that does happen, but we also need to go and tell people the good news, not just wait for them to come to us. And we do that through love. Not just, sometimes people tell the good news, but there's no love in their heart. 
And they just force it on people instead of loving them and wanting to share it out of that motivation. Absolutely. Anybody else? You guys were talking a lot, but I was the... Uh... The question's asking, how would Trinity look if there were more filial love? I think Trinity would be packed. I think we wouldn't be sitting on our seats. We'd be at the doors. We'd be talking to people every day. And church would be every day, not just Sunday. Amen to that. Anybody else? Um, I guess it would look more welcoming, welcoming and more homely towards other people because we're just there and we're unified together, caring for one another. And it would look more attractive in that sense. Jason said it looked more attractive. Oh, no, we would, we would look more attractive. Sorry. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I think we would be more open, and even though um, you know we would have people come come as they are, you know, um, the downtrodden, those people who were in, who would feel despised and, and thought that we were holier than thou or whatever else, and uh, that would that's through that love, you know, they would feel like they would really want to be here. Yeah, so accessible. Yes. Okay, down here. I think it starts. I think it starts with family first before you go above anyone else. Because if you can't go to your home, right? If you can't love the people in your own home, how can you do it to anyone else? And like through the Bible, there's so many examples of Adam and Eve. That was family. Jesus' first miracle. That was family in a wedding. So I think family is the most important, and you get everything else sorted. Amen to that. I just want to say that uh, from what Pastor is sharing this morning, it's a food for thought for all of us. And I believe that love and compassion got to start from here first. Because when we learn to love each other, when the new people come in, they will just recognize that they will be loved. Because we love one another here. So maybe we just need to take that step, second, the next steps rather. We need to take that next steps to show love for each other. And as we love each other, more people will be coming anyway without us trying too hard. Love draw people together. And I believe God will do it here too, in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thought. Galatians 6, 2, brothers and sisters. You know, brothers and sisters, the Greek word for that, brethren, means those that come out of the same womb. It's really what it means. And so when the Bible, over 230 times in the New Testament, the Bible talks about us as being basically related. We are brothers and sisters. Literally, the Greek means that we've come out of the same womb of God. So whether you like it or not, these are your brothers and your sisters because God is our father and our mother. So we are related. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, 
You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. That's one of the things we spoke about earlier, about restoration and helping, encouraging. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ, the law to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So we're going to do that right now because you cannot grow without your brothers and sisters. It is impossible. You cannot fulfill the potential that God has placed within you without your brothers and sisters. The way God has designed it is that we need one another. Whether we like that or not. We need one another. You cannot fulfill the potential God has placed within you without the people around you here. God has placed them to help you to fulfill that potential within you and placed you to help them fulfill their potential. Each one of us is equally as important as one another. That is why God keeps on saying we need to have this kind of love amongst us. We need it so that others can see who Jesus is. We need it so that we can grow into who we need to be in Christ. We need it because God has asked us that this should be the characteristic of his church. We need to continue to grow in this mutual love for one another. So let's close today. Thank you for preaching, by the way, today. It's good. You know, I said I could have stood up here and I could have talked for the last hour on this subject. But actually, by getting together and sharing together, we are doing what we should be doing. That's why we have tag groups in the church. Because without getting together outside of a Sunday morning service, you will never grow in Christ. You will grow tiny bits, but you will die long before you ever reach anything of your potential. That's why we have home groups, so that we can share like this together. We can look at things together. We can pray together. We can encourage one another. We can have an a forum where we can show mutual affection, where we can show brotherly love, sisterly love to one another so that we can grow. People need you. You need others. And so I would encourage everyone to get involved in a tag group. If there isn't one set up that's convenient, talk to this man here. Stand up. Stand on a chair. Right. See him? You can't not see him now, right? This guy, Luciana, is in charge of setting up tag groups. If we don't have a tag group in your area, if we will set one up. We will find a way because we are passionate about all of you growing. Thank you, by the way. You can <laughs> Passionate about you reaching that potential in Christ. You cannot do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. We need one another. And that's why this word today is so important. We're going to finish. Can you, uh, I think there's one more. What burden are you carrying today? 
can be for you, it can be for someone else. We all carry things that we worry about, burdens that we carry. I want you, as we close today, just to share that within the group and then pray for one another. If you're not confident praying out loud, just say, I'm going to pray, and then have a moment of quiet and say amen at the end, okay? That's fine. If you can pray out loud, pray out loud. That's great. But share first a burden that you carry. We're commanded, bear one another's burdens, carry each other's burdens. Because as we carry them, we have an opportunity to share and receive love through one another. So share one burden each within your group and then pray for one another today. It's up to you what you share, okay? And it stays confidential within your group. No one else knows about it after this service, okay? Just keep it within the three that you're with. Share and pray and carry each other's burdens. Second Peter 1 says this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness filial love. That's what you've done this morning with one another. We need to just go from this place and continue to demonstrate that love throughout the week to one another and to those that God brings to you this week. Demonstrate that love, the love of God, that honoring, that caring, that devotion. May it become part of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would deepen your filial love within us that we would be devoted to one another as much as we are devoted to you you said love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind and love your neighbor as yourself Lord help us to love one another in this church it will take time and energy and effort but Lord, it's what you ask us to do so that this place would be a home for each one of us, a place of care and nurture and belonging, a place of love. And through that, you will draw others. And through that, our burdens will be carried. And through that, we will demonstrate the love of Christ. Thank you for today, for being with us. And thank you for all the brothers and sisters here, for their sharing with one another, their prayers for each other. Grow us in filial love for your honor and for your glory. 
Amen.